The act of recording has impacted how we perceive and understand time. Recording's byproduct, whether through sound, video, or photo, is an artifact of the past, a moment of space and time captured and archived. Yet to re-encounter an artifact changes it. We bring our present judgments, preconceptions, understandings, and context to this artifact from the past, and suddenly we shift its meaning. Contemporary documentary media is intensely bound in time, yet with the advent of internet as archive, it's also timeless. For this episode of Constellations, we asked two artists, Erica Wong and Jen Stanley, to reflect on how they consider time, its relationship with recorded artifacts, and the significance of the archive. We asked them, how might our conception of what an artifact is be sonically unraveled? First, we'll hear American Ghosts by Erica Huang. Erica focused her work on the objects that surround her and how she's living in right now, which was her grandparents before they passed away about a year ago. Alongside her sister, she explores these objects and says it's like visiting an archive whose language we don't speak. Erica relates this experience to the Hungry Ghost Festival in Taiwan, where her grandparents are from, and the folklore that speaks about the ancestors roaming the streets during that month. Much like the objects at her house, people will leave out roadside altars of common objects that the ghosts recognize. But through assimilation, Erica's lost this connection to honoring the dead. Through this piece, she reflects on her experience with the objects and photos she's been left with as her lens. Here's American Ghosts by Erica Huang. Have you seen this photo? This is where I discovered how to actually write Dad's name in Chinese. Well, technically it's Taiwanese. It's written in this photo. There's a little card. So oh, that's wow. uh, Ping Shen, I think. Well, that says that he's a boy. And then it's like his uh, his weight and his name and characters or something like that. Books. Keys. A little rocking chair with a German doll. The house is filled with their stuff. Do you know what it is? Oh, it's a stamp. I'm pretty sure. I could be, wait, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I looked at this at one point. It is broken, though. And in the center of the room, there's a tall cabinet. Inside are books, tablecloths, a basket with stuff. Sitting on top is a picture of my Oma. Placed there by my Akong, when he was still alive. The Hungry Ghost Festival is a period of time during the seventh lunar month where individuals believe that ghosts and spirits from the netherworld are released into the physical world for a period of 30 days in which they roam the earth. And so you would expect to encounter a lot of material culture. So a lot of roadside altars, a lot of offerings of food, 
moved into this house three months ago. Have you seen this photo? Plastic milk crates. Packages of noodles that expired in 2016. It's an understanding of transmogrification in which physical objects are somehow transformed into spiritual goods. The Chinese tend to do that through the process of burning. Here you have a slightly more permanent structure, always placed in spaces of liminality and transience, always placed where people move because they believe that's where, that's where the ghosts are. Actually, Ogong once told me a story. I don't remember exactly everything that he said. There's also the concept of wandering ghosts. These are ghosts who have no one to care for them. No, I don't actually know what it is. This makes you want to like Google Translate it though, right? Yeah. We don't see them as ephemeral, floating white sheets. We see them as actual beings and humans that need to be taken care of. The keys go to forgotten doors. Actually, wait, you can't even tell it's broken when you do it like this. These are ghosts who have no one to care for them. Actually, Ogong once told me a story. I don't remember exactly everything that he said. It's beginning to fade. Everything is beginning. <laughs> it's it's beginning to fade. It's just broken. It's just broken. But it's just broken so evenly. I guess the line isn't straight when you look at it closer. The wooden dolls come from forgotten places. Always placed in spaces of liminality and transience. Always placed where people move because they believe that's where, that's where the ghosts are. But I have no idea what it says. I guess the line isn't straight when you look at it closer. Or something like that. Historically, if you look at old archive photos, there were many more parades, there were, um, there were, there were more temples, there were more mediums. It's beginning to fade. you want to like Google Translate it though, right? I guess the line isn't straight when you look at it closer. Here's the artist, Erica Huang, on the making of this piece. In the making of this piece, I wanted to explore the ways in which certain traditions and culture are passed down 
the ways in which they're fragmented and forgotten, both generationally and through the process of immigration and assimilation. When my grandparents immigrated from Taiwan with my dad, a lot of the culture got left behind. So me and my siblings never learned how to speak our grandparents' language. We didn't really learn much about the culture growing up. When my grandparents passed away about a year ago, I ended up moving into their old house. A lot of their stuff was still there. One of the things I was interested in exploring is the way in which the Hungry Ghost Festival, which happens in Taiwan yearly, related to the process of grieving and also the process of connecting with ancestors or with spirits that I experienced being in this house. I specifically wanted to focus on altars in the Hungry Ghost Festival. These altars are made up of food or objects or offerings, and they take on both a physical, tangible, corporeal form as well as a spiritual form. So they have the ability to transcend the physical and spirit world and act as a bridge between. And I felt like the objects here, there was some sort of link between them and my grandparents in a culture and world that I don't fully understand. The process of making this piece, the first thing I did was just walk around the house recording some different objects that were interesting to me. Then as I was doing more research on the Hungry Ghost Festival, I came across Terence Hung and his work, and I thought that the way that he spoke about objects transcending mirrored a lot of the things that I felt about both looking at the festival as an outsider and also about living in this house. So I decided to interview him, and then I also walked around the house with my sister and showed her some of the objects to see what her take on some of them was. What I really hoped with this piece is that I could create a kind of sound altar, which both existed in the world of physical forms, people around me and objects and more tangible things, but also got at sort of the feeling of fragmentation, the feeling of being divorced from a family tree and trying to reach out for that information and all of these things that are more abstract, the same way that effigies exist both in paper and in flame as something else, the way that offerings are transformed and can move between two worlds. Next, we hear from Jen Stanley. Jen's been inquiring into the relationship between advanced recording and mass media technology, and how aspects of those things can warp time and increase our sense of chaos. In her piece, she examines this from the perspective of archival recordings of American entertainer Bob Hope. But it's really only an incidental pathway into her greater curiosities. She explores how ephemeral entertainment can collect rot, and subsequently poison the otherwise creative, fertile ground. Jen writes that Bob Hope No Hope is a reprocessing, a letting go, a prayer for peace, an exorcism. Its subjects are relics of another point in time and space, yet their effects are still felt. The ghosts linger. 
More from Jen after the piece. Here's Bob Hope, No Hope. This is a test. This station is conducting a test of the emergency broadcasting system. This is only a test. It's not even remotely the worst thing he tweeted this weekend because he also bragged about the ratings for his press conferences during the pandemic. This is a test. This station is conducting a test of the emergency broadcasting system. This is only a test. There's no talent. He's not, they're not like talented people. Johnny Carson was talented. Okay, first of all, you and I both be we, we love way, Johnny Carson. Trump would be a great late night host. Oh, he's, he's really he's off the cup. The ratings went right down the tubes. This, this, this is, is a test. test. This, this station, station is conducting a test on the emergency broadcasting system. This is this only a test. We were intelligent people. No tears, no fuss. Hooray for us. <laughs> he is the busiest man I ever know. Mr. Bobo. Unique personality. He has had won every award, had had every honor bestowed on him that is possible to attain. Plus, the so much has been said about Bob Hope. There's really uh, nothing left to say. He is an American institution. And uh, this Sunday, January the 18th, his all-star anniversary tribute to 30 years of television comedy will be on NBC from 9 to 11. Would you welcome Bob Hope at the Fox Theater in Atlanta, September the 21st? And he's going to be at the Kansas Expo Theater in Topeka, September the 22nd. Would you welcome the one and only Mr. Bob Hope. Yeah. And tomorrow, 50 years later, NBC will broadcast Bob Hope's Christmas cheer from Saudi Arabia. There's at 9.30. Would you welcome Mr. Bob Hope. was at that point such a big star and such sort of Hollywood royalty. He was friends with every president from Truman, you know, Truman, Eisenhower, Kennedy, Johnson, and he was in, in the inner circle.
Nixon took him into the White House to tell him, explain to him why he was invading North Vietnam so that Bob would go back out into the country and, and convey the message to help sell the country on his uh, Vietnam policies. show took us to Utapau in the Gulf of Siam, home of the B-52s. This was one of our most challenging shows because a lot of B-52s have been lost over North Vietnam and morale here really needed a boost, although it's hard to tell from this reception. How about this for an opening night? Thirty years with the same network. Thirty years. I'm on my thirty-first. Have you ever been with another network? I no. don't recall. You no. never worked for any of the other. No. Oh, this is it. This is it. On radio too. Always NBC. Radio. I was on radio for twelve years before that. Yeah. So I'm on my forty-third year. That's incredible. Started as a child. I sat there listening to you.
Here's what the artist Jen Stanley had to say about the piece. When I first started making this piece, when I got the prompt, I was considering the difference between what is preserved and what is discarded, the archive versus our garbage, and how modern recording technology and radio technology and, and digital communication has, has warped that. I had recently read an article about how our radio frequencies are so clogged up with TV entertainment and our mass communication generally that radio astronomers are getting really close to the point where they can't do their jobs anymore. It's all this stuff that we think is discarded or it's not out there and it is floating out there. And then also, of course, the internet adds this whole other layer to that. And we just feel like, it just felt like so drowning in this invisible garbage and thinking about Earth as this giant garbage island in the sky, both our physical garbage and, you know, this electromagnetic frequency garbage that we're putting out into the universe and and, and shrouding our, ourselves in like this bubble and feedback loop. And I wanted to explore that sonically, explore the difference in scale um, and the difference between time travel of, with the speed of sound versus the speed of light, um, the way information travels sonically versus through our radio waves. Bob Hope was just incidental. I was looking for patterns and the late night talk show genre or just the interview, like the entertainment interview talk show genre seemed like an obvious subject because of both its ephemeral nature and because it has its roots in early radio entertainment. So it provided a really strong through line to today. In going through the available archive, though, Bob Hope was just ubiquitous. And I saw a lot of patterns. He connected a lot of dots and it just grew out organically from there. I wanted to explore all of that from the perspective of a consciousness or receiver that was both very different from humans and very distant from Earth. So from its perspective, it comes across garbage earth island in the sky and it's sifting through that garbage looking for patterns with no sense of earthly meaning or intuitive understanding of our sense of time. Constellations is a production of The pieces featured in this episode are American Ghosts by Erica Huang and Bob Hope No Hope by Jen Stanley. American Ghosts was sound design, edited, and composed by Erica Huang, featuring excerpts from conversations with Leah Huang and Terence Hung, including a lecture from Terence Hung and a video from Far East Travel. Jen Stanley composed and created Bob Hope No Hope. This piece uses an excerpt of a Fresh Air interview in which Terry Gross talks to author Richard Zoglin about Bob Hope's legacy. To read more from these artists, head to our website, constellationsaudio.com sounds. The 2020 programming committee includes Aaliyah Pabani, Jess Shane, Matthew Cariat-Samari, Miyuki Okiranta, and Michelle Macklem. Constellations. 
your ears. <laughs>